podcast i'm tori she her pronouns and i'm your girl sylvia she her and hers and we are here for our leftovers 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 what's leftovers leftovers is when we didn't get to all the stories we wanted to talk about in a regular episode so we cram them into some tupperware and we put them outside for later and we reheat them and enjoy them later yeah and we give them to you so that you can get a little fix in in between our regular yeah. episodes. So uh, let's get it started. What you got going? All right. This one is sad. And yet at the same time, it's like, oh, my God. Children with black eyes are rescued along with 20 pets from maggot infested house of horrors containing decomposing animals and four inches of sewage in the basement <sighs> fucking hell authorities found children Ooh. suffering black eyes and nearly two dozen pets living among dead animals feces flies fees, fleas and maggots in a pennsylvania home on tuesday Ugh. yeah um um And then it goes on to say three children, an adult child, and two adults were living in the deplorable Avondale home in Upper Oxford, along with animals who were on the verge of death. No adult, no child, no animal should be living in that house. That's how bad it is, State Police Corporal Robert Kirby said, adding that his team is working with the health department to have the house condemned. Authorities have said a child abuse investigation is underway related to the parents and that the children are currently staying with other family members. The adults will also be charged with animal cruelty. The surviving combination of more than 20 pets, including dogs, cats, a pig, snakes, rats. I'm wondering if the rats were part of the pets or were they just, you know, maybe both. a tarantula and a bearded dragon have been placed under the care of Brandywine Valley Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Authorities are still searching for a missing python. Holy shit. <laughs> police literally. said, literally, yeah. The police said the conditions in the home may amount to the worst case of ne- neglect they've ever encountered. Inside the residence, there was approximately four inches of sewage in the basement, bugs, maggots, fleas, flies, and feces all over the residence. Two of the children who were living amongst the squalor had black eyes, though it was not immediately clear what caused their injuries. The pets rescued from the property included at least three cats, and then they go on with more of all the animals that were uh, found. Authorities were also seen removing eight handguns and 12 rifles from the home. 
Authorities became aware of the situation on Tuesday after a passerby reported that the two children with facial injuries were spotted on Street Road, a main thoroughfare for the area, playing in the line of traffic. Police then conducted a welfare check and discovered the horrific conditions at the home where the children and pets were found located on the 100 block of Street, of street Road. Throughout the property, authorities found two dead rabbits, two dead dogs, inside individual cages, a dead chicken, a dead pig weighing approximately 200 pounds, all openly decomposing. Oh, God. Oh, um, uh, the, on Wednesday, animal care facility shared on Facebook, um, that this afternoon officers removed 25 live animals and the remains of several others from the deplorable conditions. The deceased animals included at least two dogs. And then they go back into how many other, you know, uh, animals they had to, that were inside the house. How many kids were there? Three kids. And two adults. These animals will need a good bit of medical care and a lot of old-fashioned kindness to recover from all they've experienced, said the, you know, the SPCA. Please join us in helping them with the donation. What about the kids? Well, they'll go in foster care and get abused, so we don't think of it. <laughs> we don't care about them. Just donate to the animals. Oh. Well, how, I mean, okay, describe, in describing the deplorable conditions of that place, that, I mean, that just Why does that have to be a pacifier? That, that doesn't happen overnight. School? So, how old were these children again? It, they didn't say how old they were. So, I mean, they had to be school age, age at some point. I mean, clearly young enough or because some passerby schools like uh, supposed old, uh, uh, what was that family in California? That oh did? yeah, One of those homeschool yeah. families that they rarely saw them and yeah. they kept to themselves and blah 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 and. But shouldn't somebody be checking to see if they're being well, tested? Well, and, and all of that. No, because that's what homeschool. That's the that's the loophole of homeschool. All you do is file some paperwork with the state. And there's not enough fucking resources to follow through to make sure your kid's reading at grade level. Ugh. But given the conditions of that home, the, I mean, that had to smell. like uh, Yeah. But like, it looks, the pictures, from what I'm seeing, that it looks like they these people were on property. It wasn't like, oh, you know. So it was like a rural place where they yeah. wouldn't be able to, unless you, like, went up to the home. Yeah. But at like, some look, point. Here, here's the dog in a cage. You see all that? farm in the background mm. like lots you can't see another like house mm. you know it just but at some point somebody had to have gone to the home uh, th you this know, is part uh, of the outside uh, of UPS, the home uh, something Ugh, yeah God. Ugh. oh here here's Oh, that, yeah, you know they're like country, country living country. Where, what state was this in again um they say pennsylvania Oh, come on, Governor Tom Wolf. Yeah, where you, are they? What are you doing, Tom? We just talked about you in several episodes now about how great you're doing. You need to, yeah, you need to figure out what's going off in your country lands. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I was, yeah. Well, that's gross. And I'm like, how come the family members didn't know? Like, because they said these kids went to go live with family members. Well, how come again, they didn't know? It could have been a situation where they never visited, right? 
So uh, who knows what hap- is happening at Uncle George's house. And was there running water? And if there was, even then, it's like, uh, with all well, that. that house is going to be torn down. Uh, down. You can't. You can't uh, that. Uh, all right. Well, um, not a gross story, but not a good story either. Not a, not a bad story, but parents behaving badly, basically. Jason yeah. sent me this one. Uh, parents brawl at youth baseball games oh, after that. disagreeing with a 13-year-old empire's call. Parents were caught on video brawling at the kids' baseball game in Colorado on June 15th after they disagreed with the calls being made by a 13-year-old umpire, people. Uh, Police tweeted the Tuesday that the parents were still fighting as they got to the scene, and they released video footage of the fight on social media in an attempt to find the specific person in the video. These coaches and parents unhappy with the baseball game involving a 7-year-old. So that's like T-ball. Yeah. Um, and a 13-year-old umpire took over the field and began assaulting each other, Lakewood, Colorado Police said. We're looking for any information on this melee, but in particular to identify the suspect that in the white shirt and teal shorts. Um, the game was played at Westgate Elementary, a suburb of Denver. According to Little League International spokesman Kevin Fountain, the game was not part of the Little League organization. Police told ABC News that four Four citations were issued so far and few minor injuries and one person had more serious injuries. So the league is saying, hey, that wasn't a sanctioned event? Yeah, so it was probably like maybe like just a, like a Like a fundraiser, group. Yeah, blah, we're going to take the kids out and, you know, play a game. Here's the thing, people. And, you know, I've seen this a lot. Uh-huh. Parents taking yeah. it way too fucking seriously. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I was in high school, yeah. I... I um, uh, Ref, ref. No, I umpired for the slow pitch girls yeah. league, and I also coached a t-ball team. And I remember parents would get so pissed about the littlest shit. And it's like, come the fuck, these kids yeah. don't care, right. especially in t-ball. Let me tell yeah. you, t-ball. Those kids, you'd be lucky if you get to keep them in the right spot on the field. Yeah, you'd be lucky if they Squirrely. go the, the direction the right way on the bases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all they gave a shit about was at the end of the game where they're gonna get ice cream. Yeah. Like they didn't or the care snacks. if they won or lost. Yeah. I say ice cream because our field was next to like a little, you know, mom and pop ice, ice cream, cream store, you know, thing. And so we would walk over and yeah. we would get a cone and, you know, that's all they care about. They, these parents, they get too invested mm. in their little league kids fucking games. Yeah. They get the f- stop. Stop. It, well, and I'm like, first of all, that 13-year-old kid. Oh, he's 13! The trauma 13. the trauma that he's facing, yeah. along with the other kids, seeing their parents fight. I'm like, D- parents, hello? I, I, oh all it takes is one god. idiot. Are you watching the oh video? Oh my god, it's a melee. You got men, grown men, going punches, throwing punches at each other. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Unfortunately, be, uh, adults can't behave. I'd be like, "Sorry, we." And can't. you know what? I mean, oh, one lady, one lady was in there. She went and co-cocked this dude. She went in and hit a a man. <laughs> oh, she's in there again. Holy shit! And the man didn't punch her. Oh my God! Oh. Yeah, don't take your kids' sports too seriously, people. It's not worth it. Let them have fun. They do. Let them have they, fun. That's not Ugh. That's not in the vocabulary of parents like that. Ugh. They want their kids playing all the time. 
They want their kids making big scores. They want their kids in the limelight. Well, I feel like, the, well, they're living vicariously. Like, like a lot of times when you see parents like that, they yeah. take it way too seriously. They were, you know, they were probably an athlete in school themselves mm -hmm. and they were probably pretty good, right? But they weren't good enough to make it to the next level, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe they made it into college and played a little college ball. Yeah. But that was it for them, yeah. right? So then they get their kids and they try to like mold their kid into this little athlete that they were never able to be. Or wanted like, to be. Or wanted to be. And really, like, sometimes the kids don't even want to do it. Like, yeah. I've talked, I've seen many of kids who, you know, their kid has put, their parents have put them into sport as a kid. Mm -hmm. Actually, I went to school. When I was in uh, school, we, there was this kid, Ryan. I'm glad you his, went to school. Yes. <laughs> when I was in, uh, um, uh, this kid, Ryan, that was in our class, his dad was a distance runner. Like, would run yeah. marathons and yeah. do runs and stuff. And so, Ryan got into it, I think, probably because dad did it, yeah. right? And, like, this kid was, I mean, he ran in all the fucking runs. Like, there was yeah. one in Southern Oregon called the Pear Blossom. was down in Medford. Like, this is a kid. Like, yeah. they were the same age. How old? I mean, well, I was in high, in grade school. Oh, okay. And, and you know, he's doing and all school. these runs. And they would go and they would do these runs. And he'd run and run and run and run. And then even into middle school and then high school, he's like, nope, I'm playing baseball. Oh. Because he was tired of, of running. running. Like and his what did the dad, dad do? I think his dad was a little upset, but at least in this case, yeah. his dad honored his wishes and let's let him play baseball. But I remember as a kid thinking, Why I mean, I'm out playing on the weekends, yeah. having fun, doing and whatever you do running. as a kid. And this kid was going on a run every day at oh. like grade school age. Like, oh, got to go for a run. Got to go for my run. Be out there running with his dad. And then wow. go off to these runs all summer long. It was like the circuit. You know, people. I'm wondering do, if he was still those... running though. Like in the morning, you'd run, and then you're gonna go play baseball. Just not do like the circuit. Um, no, running. he like, was like done with it. He no, not even done, a morning run. Done, <sighs> done. I'm a baseball player. I don't play. I don't do. I don't do track. I don't do runs. I don't do. Oh, it wow. Yeah. Because you know they say after running, all those endorphins and blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, so great, he was still so. athletic and he was still, yeah. you know, doing a um doing a sport, but he was no longer into this like every morning going for a run, wow. every evening going for a run. Yeah, and, that's yeah. probably want to spend time with his dad. Dad always running. I think it was more yeah. dad wanting him to do it. From yeah. what I saw, Ugh. what I witnessed, I think it was dad trying to make him into this long distance runner, top runner. All Olympic right, runner. what you get next? All right. Um, this one is residents of Norwegian Island, where sun doesn't set for 69 days in a row, want to go time free. They don't want to be on the 24-hour clock during their 69 days of the sun being How's that going to work? Well, they're saying that they can, they don't want to push traditional business hours, like not the nine to five, mm -hmm. you know, they want to make up their own time during that time. If the stores so, want to be open, they just be open. If mm -hmm. you, you know. What about like as a worker? Like, oh, I don't want to come I, to work right now. If, yeah. I come to work later if on. If I want to come in at 12 o'clock and, you know, and work till. because So basically they're saying you, if you have an eight hour shift, you just work your eight work hour your shift. You no matter when it happens. No time. Because the day doesn't, you know, the day doesn't end. There is no evening time. I mean, technically there is an evening time. But, but not when dark. you look outside. It it's like this at midnight. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we work at this time yeah. if we want? I mean. Well, yeah, that you know? kind of makes sense, actually. Um, so they said um, 
They met with the Norwegian lawmakers this month to present a petition signed by dozens of the islanders, and there's it's an island, in support of declaring a time-free zone and to discuss any practical or legal obstacles to basically um, ignoring what it says on the clock. It's a bit crazy, but at the same time, it's pretty serious. Um, uh, the island is Samario, Som which lies north of the Arctic Circle, stays dark from November to January. Ugh. Ugh. That's terrible. Ugh. Um, the idea behind the time-free zone is that going off the clock would make it easier for residents, especially students, employers, and workers, to make the most of the precious months when the opposite is true. Having no clocks is a great solution, but we likely won't become an entirely time-free zone as it will be too complex. But we have put the time element on the agenda and we might get more flexibility to adjust to the daylight. The idea is also to chill out. I have seen people suffering from stress because they are pressed by time. Sitting wet. Well, aren't we all pressed by time? Um, so uh, sitting west of Tramosio, the island has a population of 350 people. Oh, Fishery okay, and that tourism would be easy to do. <laughs> are the main industries. <laughs> Finland last year lobbied for the um, abolish of the European Union daylight savings time after a citizen's initiative collected more than 70,000 signatures. Um, so that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, you're talking about 300 some people. I yeah. think that would be easy to do. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Y'all well, know they each do other, have basically. To, you know, because <laughs> everything's time. So you have to, like, file. If you have somebody's being evicted, you have to give them 30 days notice. And when would that, yeah, you know. Do you think that really happens on an island of 300 some so. people? I doubt it. No. I, I think the only but thing they need to worry payments, about is, like, shipping shipping stuff, right? Or, so if or payments. If, or they're your shipping mortgage something. payment. Right, yeah. So you know. it, 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 in, in a sense, for the outside world. Yes. And it doesn't it's yeah. like time stops for the outside. No. So it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, so it's it's 5 o'clock in New York, so I got to make I gotta sure make, I yes, do this, you know. By that time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. as far as, like, anything else, I mean, I would assume who that, but. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Do it. Well, do, I'm do, like, do it, man. You know. Shit. If you, I don't know, school, I don't know. Are they going to school during that time? I do. I don't know. Because then, when it's dark, it's like, no, uh, I couldn't do it. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Here's a fun one. Dad turns board games into bed sheets so sick kids lying in hospitals won't get bored. Uh, this is a Jason story, by the way. Uh -huh. Um, ever since he was a kid, Kevin Gatlin has been bored by the monotonous environments of hospital rooms. So as a means to making sure that his children were never forced to endure the same tedium, he came up with a simple solution to help with hospital doldrums. Mm -hmm. Gatlin is the mastermind behind Playtime Adventures, E-D-V-E-N-T-R-U-S, or U-R-E-S, an interactive set of bed sheets that feature dozens of games and lessons for children confined to hospital beds. The entrepreneur from Charlotte, North Carolina, um, first got the idea for the bedsheets after he went to go visit his friend's hospitalized child several years ago. Heartbroken at the idea of the child spending hours upon hours in a plain white room, he thought about what his wife had always played games on his son's bed in order to help him fall asleep. Gatlin then spent the next two years developing the sheets so that children could be entertained from the comfort of their own bed. Um, he also worked with several school teachers in order to make the games educational. We put together bed sheets and slumber bags that 
cover everything from geography, math, science, grammar, and fine word fine games, all in one three-piece set. To date, Gatlin knows that his sheets have been used in 10 different hospitals across the United States, um, but since his customers are able to donate bed sheets to the local hospitals, the number could be much higher. Uh, parents can also buy the interactive sheets for their own children at home, but Gatlin hopes that his invention will soon make it to hospitals around the world. I think that's, that's fucking cool. awesome. That is cool. I mean, I think just in general, like, even if the kid doesn't necessarily play the game the whole time, just having some color. Yeah. Like, we know that that well, helps the are emotionally. Are ugly. I don't even yeah, like the Yeah, like, sheets. so they got little checkerboards. They got, like, a little, like, a word find game on here. It looks like, like, a... Are they big letters? Little letters? Let me see. Um, well, you can't huh. really tell. I mean, it's got to be pretty I mean, big because it covers a like a you know portion oh, of the oh yeah that's you cool. know um that is cute and then the pillows have like little stuff on them the pillowcases yeah, very cute job, idea dude. Good, good idea job. i wonder how much that uh he's raking in on that one well that's it sounds a good like idea. it's more of a thing for um, people buy and get it done so it doesn't sound like he's like making all about cash the money it's uh, it's about i mean he's probably making money of course that you know but, that like the fidget spinner lady she invented um, the spit, uh, fidget spinner, didn't get it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, maybe uh, Dornbecker needs to get a yeah. hold of this guy. I think that's yeah. a good idea. All right. Well, um, Ooh. we got time for one more. Of barely. Barely. Make it what, quick one. We, oh, this is not a quick one. Oh, it's not a quick one? No. This is about the reparations hearing. Oh, well, we can take a break and then we'll come back to it. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. All right, we're back from the break. Break, break, All and right. I'm bringing the Your final leftover yes. story. What you got? The reparations hearing. So, um, so on Wednesday, the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties held the first congressional hearing on reparations in more than a decade. Tanishi Coates author of 2014 Atlantic essay, The Case of Reparations, was one of the first to testify. Coates began by directly addressing Senator Majority Leader Thin Lip Mitch McConnell, who on Tuesday said, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. Are responsible for is a good idea. Jesus Christ. Of course he said that. Right. Coates' response was a catalog of the crimes against black people by the federal government in McConnell's own lifetime, as well as all the things that the government pays for that certain individual taxpayers are not directly responsible for. So uh, he goes to say, um, this rebuttal pro-offers a strange theory of governance that American accounts are somehow bound by the lifetime of its generations. But well into the century, the United States was still paying out pensions to the heirs of the Civil War soldiers. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. We honor treaties that date back some 200 years, despite no one being alive who signed those treaties. Many of us would love to be taxed for things that we are solely or individually responsible for, but we are American citizens and thus bound to a collective enterprise that extends beyond our individual and personal reach. It would seem ridiculous to dispute invocations of the founders or the greatest generation on the basis of the lack of membership of either group. We recognize our lineage as a generational trust, as inheritance, 
And the real dilemma posed by reparations is just that, a dilemma of inheritance. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, um, the history, which he talks about um, enslavement shaped every crucial aspect of the economy and the politics of America. So that by 1836, more than 600 million or more um, or more than half of the economic activity in the United States derived directly or indirectly from the cotton produced by the million odd mm-hmm. slaves. By the time um, the enslaved were emancipated, they, comprom- they comprised the largest single asset in America, $3 billion in 1860 dollars. So $3 billion in, 19, in ni- 1860 dollars. Um, more than all the other assets in the country combined. The method of cultivating this asset was neither gentle, cajoling, nor persuasion, but torture, rape, and child trafficking. Enslavement reigned for 250 years on these shows. So he goes on and on to just talk about all the stuff, including Jim Crow, including all the things that McConnell was alive for mm-hmm. that... Um, that has been done historically to uh, African Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, dude, yeah. dude was on point. Oh yeah, he's. I uh, mean, the story goes on. It's a long story, yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes on and on. Ugh, he talks about yes, which is true. I was talking to one of my girls um, about black women dying in childbirth at four times the rate of white women. Mm-hmm. Where your zip code depends mm-hmm. on you know, how exactly. long you live, exactly. you know, yeah. or what type of health coverage yes. you get. Yes. So McConnell. Well, and then I heard um, there was another thing uh, McConnell said around this time about this thing. Uh, he made some sort of comment about the reparations was uh, the election of Obama. That's your reparations. Yep. He said it. What? Yep. He said he said that that was the reparations that we we elected Obama. I'll find that quote. Right yeah. Well, who is he to say that's your reparations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, is he the one that's negotiating reparations? I mean, did we did we ever have a vote on what the reparations should look like or be <laughs> like? Or or again, white people saying, "Hey, we gave you this one. Boom. There you go, baby. That's for you." Um, so I want to know, I want to know if McConnell voted for Obama then, if that was the reparations, did you vote for our reparations? So when asked about reparations for slavery on the eve of the house hearing of the issue, McConnell said reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently believe. Yeah, you said that beside he suggested acts such as electing Obama president. Um, could be considered a form of compensation. Oh, my. We tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting the Civil War, by passing landmark civil rights legislation, electing an African-American president, McConnell said. I don't he needs think to be we should kicked be in the neck. trying to figure out how to compensate for it. First of all, it would be hard to figure out for whom to be whom, whom to compensate. He needs to be kicked in the neck. Oh, he, he needs to, to be, be kicked in the neck kicked and maybe... In the balls that he don't have. <laughs> I mean, his nuts will drop from his neck, his saggy <laughs> testicle neck. I uh, yeah, uh, and I did. A, I, you know, not he's not a good human being. Yeah, by any means. You know, yeah. and this 
Camilla, I got to be like, come, come on, Camilla. So she on Twitter had said, unless you're Native American or your ancestors were kidnapped and brought over on a slave ship, your people are immigrants. Immigrants helped build our country, which, you know. She's, but, I don't, uh, she's but I'm like, you know, I somebody ended up saying, what about Mexican population that resided here prior to the establishment? And and I'm like, again. Well, though you don't get reparations for just, I mean. No, that she wasn't talking about no. reparations. I was just bringing it up as even people of color will make statements that oh, of course. are yeah. like, you know, separating people. Like if you're Colorism. not Native American, mm -hmm. then we're all immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, uh, California, Texas, New Mexico, these were all, you know, part of Mexico. We just didn't happen to roll well, up Well, those are Native here. Americans. Right. But they're, they're talking about you know, Native Americans that we say are Native Americans. They don't, we're, Mexicans are not looked at as Native Americans. Right, by the social construct of the white social yes. construct. So when you but, speak of Native Americans, but, you aren't speaking of Mexicans. They aren't, but they, they should aren't. be. They, the, exactly. When you say Native Americans, anybody yes. indigenous to the American yes. land, yes. which is Mexico... We, all of it, it yeah the my, americas yes meaning canada yes. meaning mexico yeah anybody who was here before the white colonizers came right are native americans right. and they particularly do that to keep us separated right social construct to keep right to separated that's right. why you have some people of color that will jump on that bandwagon and say yeah. well if you weren't here blah 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 that's the design of yeah. oppression and racism is yeah. to keep people separated yeah 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 so I'm like, yeah, no, we got to educate people. You know, we just didn't roll up in yeah, here and just, Camilla, you know. I mean, she's a smart lady. Yeah. And she has a lot of good attributes, but I also have problems with her record of incarcerating people of color. Yeah. In California. So, all right. My final story is a story of um, uh, more of it's the second day of summer. Mm -hmm. So we need to be aware of this. We talk about it every freaking year. You would no, think. Don't some leave. Deal. Let me guess. Don't leave your kids no. in. Oh, well, don't leave your kids. Don't, live any, don't leave anybody in a hot car. Yeah. Don't leave grandma in don't a hot go car. Into the casino. Don't leave anybody in a hot car. In a bar. With, but this is another one we talk about every fucking year. And it's like people still don't get it. So uh, Washington dogs pads burned off oh. while on a walk in a summer heat. A Washington State Veterinarian Hospital says the dog's injuries were so severe that it exposed raw muscle. Ugh. The most common warning you hear about pets in the summer is to not lock them in the car on a hot day, yeah. as we just said. Another thing is to watch, watch as to whether the pavement they're walking on is too hot for their paws. A dog in Medical Lake, Washington, is recovering from his anim animal pads of his animal pads were burned off. The Medical Lake Veterinarian Hospital posted on Facebook that Olaf the dog was brought in to him after the owner noticed his pads were bloody while on a walk. Ugh. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, Veterinarian Hospital Practice Manager Gene Dutton told KEPR that Olaf's injuries were so severe that it exposed raw muscles. Um, Medical Lake Veterinary Hospital says that they see a few cases like this every year. The hospital says that if the pavement is too hot for your hand, it is too hot for your dog's pads. Well, what was <sighs> the owner doing? Running? Were they running? What? It what? doesn't run, walk, whatever. If you can, if you touch the pavement, it's too hot for your hands, your dog's paws should not be on it. End <sighs> of story. 
Ugh. And there's tons of graphics available that say if it's this degrees outside, this yeah. is how hot the pavement will be. Yeah. And then if it's at if it's above this degree, then you're you wouldn't put your bare feet on it. No. If you wouldn't walk in your bare feet across the pavement, what makes you think a dog that doesn't have shoes on uh, it, would do it, the same? And look at you look at hot sand. Exactly. Uh, you can't walk on yeah. hot sand. Yeah. You like, know. Oh, his poor little it's a golden Ugh. retriever and his all his four legs of his paws are all wrapped up and well but i'm ugh. wondering did the person do it on purpose or they were just no ignorant, they're probably some dumb ignorant know. idiot yeah. that's like oh i'm gonna take them i'm gonna for take them for a walk or why i wear run. shoes yeah. exactly um well i'm walk in my over Nikes. a mile on oh the fish my. trap trail before owner realized his pads were burnt and <sighs> even though he wasn't whining or limping he was one tough cookie. Oh, oh my Good rule of thumb at the payment is too hot for your hand. It's too hot for your dog's pads. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Ooh. The dog didn't even whine or any oh, of that. Poor, poor little thing. baby. And yeah. the thing is this, like, if it's hot outside and, you know, the, the pavement's hot, Carry your dog to the car, drive him to the dog park where there's grass. Where there's grass or whatever. Or take him to the water or yeah. whatever. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, that's our leftover show. I thought we were going to do that the we've done three stories. immigration. You well, said you were going to do immigration right. at, for, <laughs> you know. I don't want to talk about it. What What is there to talk about? <laughs> we have this fucking asshole in the White House that is saying he's going to wrap rank up or ramp up deportations they had scheduled all these ice raids but yeah. now they've said no they're on hold for a minute because now they gotta reevaluate the situation because they know they haven't got room yeah you got fucking people going go into the con the the circuit court saying that um i don't know which ninth or tenth or whatever it's not to the state supreme court or to the u.s supreme court yet but it's in a circuit court right now arguing that they don't have to give people toothbrushes toothpaste soap or blankets or right. even a, even be able to sleep comfortably yeah like what what is there to fucking talk about other than we are witnessing pure evil Right now, like currently witnessing pure evil. When you have an attorney standing in front of three circuit judges, district judges, federal circuit court judges saying, well, I think you're reading it. You know, when you're talking about um, safety and sanitary issues, I mean, it's all it's all how you read it. It's all yeah. how you bitch. You need to go sit and sleep in one of those cells yeah. with a tinfoil blanket for the night and see what you think about safe and sanitary means. Yeah. And she was ho humming and trying to. Did you to, see this white bitch? Uh, yeah, yeah. She was trying to backpedal as much as she could, but it was like, "Lady, you don't even believe it. You could, you can, you don't even have a case." And at that point, what, what, where's your integrity right. that you don't just stop and say, "You know what? You're you right. Know what? You're right." I, I, I got nothing don't to have say. An argument. I you're have right. nothing, to and say. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I do. Right. I'm going to so get tired, <laughs> and I know that, but I'm not going to do it. Right. But instead, she continued to argue the yeah. case and continued to argue the case of what was considered safe and yes. sanitary. After all three of those judges was like, surely sleep is safety, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like ability to sleep yeah. is safety. Yeah. So we're witnessing pure evil. Yes. We're witnessing concentration camps. Yes. And instead, people want to argue over the, what is the definition of a concentration camp? Right. And you have people like George Takei out there saying, is it Takei or Takei? I always forget. Takei. Saying... I was this, in a yes. concentration camp. Yes. These are These concentration are camps. Yes. You have people that were in concentration camps saying, 
These are concentration right. camps. And here's the difference, though. George K had his parents. Right. Exactly. These kids don't have their yeah. parents. Yeah. It's even you worse. Have, you have teenage kids taking <laughs> care of four and five-year-old children. Yes. You have four and five. You have children getting sick. Yes. Getting severely sick. Yeah. And not getting proper mental medical care. Like, at some point, okay, so any other country that did this, yeah. if any other country did this, and we had an interest, a financial interest uh -huh. in that country. So let's yeah. put that caveat in there yeah. because unless there's a financial interest, we're not getting in there, right? Right. So any other country were to do this, we would be in there with forces. The UN would be intervening. We're in fact, where is the UN oh, in security forces? Yeah. Why aren't they storming Arizona and all these other places where they're keeping these, these people? Yeah. Like, we are committing... Arms against humanity. I'm like, I want to know where them uh, pro-lifers are. Exactly. You know? We are committing you, crimes against humanity right now. You worried about the, you know, cells after mm -hmm. six weeks. Right. I'm they, worried they would about not survive <laughs> if you took it out the body. Right. If you went in there and took it out of the body and put it in a fucking dish, it would die. Yes. Because it does not have the capacity to live yeah. on its own. Right. Yet you're going to sit beside and watch this happen. And talk about... Let's talk about concentration camp. Exactly. Let's well, talk about. It, let's well, talk about. It's do they the parents' have the right to it. It's the parents' fault for bringing them here. And and okay, uh, fine. Hello? If it is, you, so you still don't treat them with humanity. <laughs> well, this is what we become yeah. as a fucking country. Yeah. That we're sanction sanctioning yeah. human atrocities. And, and if you're gonna use that, it's the parents' fault. Then the parent decides. Then the parent, the woman decides whether I want to have an abortion exactly. or not. Exactly. Blame the parent for it. Exactly. Blame the parent yeah. for it, but the baby goes. So, I because mean. Because if we ain't ready to take care of our live ones, then you sure as hell ain't ready to mm -hmm. take care of or tell me how to deal with the but one the that. the problem I'm is with. the live ones have brown skin. Yeah. That is what the issue is. is yeah. That we're talking about brown skin people that, that the right wing conservative Trumpers do not, do not fucking care about. Yeah. They do not we fucking care We have no about. value unless we are picking cotton, mm -hmm. unless we are cleaning your house. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Unless we are washing your dishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we had to do a particular story. We just did it. But <laughs> I wanted to make it we, known. Um, definitely. And, and, you know, as I posted the other day, if you voted for Trump, and you still support Trump, mm -hmm. you are a horrible human being. Mm -hmm. And I will 100%, 100% believe that. You're yeah. a horrible human being. Yeah. If you can sit aside and justify this treatment of human beings mm -hmm. who came here specifically only because they felt like, I, yes, do some people get here and commit crimes? Absolutely. Not saying that it doesn't happen. Not saying that it doesn't happen. But the people that are being, a child? Yeah. Does a child have an intent to come here and commit a crime? Yeah. Like, if you no, can but sit, the parent should have knows they've already been warned <laughs> that they can't be here. If you can sit in your home, your comfortable home, no matter what it is, yeah, whether it's a tiny little apartment or a big McMansion, yeah, or a trailer in a trailer park, and sit there and say that a four-year-old child has. It deserves to be treated that way, you're a disgusting human being and I don't want anything and, to do with and you. And here's my thing. If you're a parent, no parent wants to be traveling with their young child. No, thousands yeah. of miles. Yes. 
to un, an unknown place, yeah. unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. They would much rather be in their own hometown mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they have family, where they have support. So some parent traveling with their young ch- child must feel some type of desperation mm-hmm. to get somewhere safe and secure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's just no, and they're taking mm-hmm. a chance that perhaps they could probably get here and plead their case mm-hmm. for, you know, asylum or whatever. Mm-hmm. But instead they're stripped from their kids yeah. not knowing. And there is an article that somebody sent me um, that talked about a mom that because she was taken in custody and her child was, I want to say nine, 10 months old, Mm -hmm. they ended up putting him in foster care and she was in ice custody and lost custodial parenting or lost the Mm -hmm. right to be the parent Mm -hmm. because they said she had abandoned her child. Are you shitting me? No. Oh my God. The child is now five and she was fighting to get back her child and they denied that to her. See, this is the new Gilead. This yeah. is the Gilead, right? Yeah. So they can't force women yet. They can't force women to have the babies. Yeah. I mean, in some states they're doing it. Yeah. But across the board, they can't. Yeah. So now to take the place for the states that they can't force it, they're doing this kind of shit. Yes. Where they're taking babies men, from moms. The mom of being abandoned. And let's just face it. Historically yeah. speaking, this is not the first time in history that no. we have taken brown babies from no. their families. No. The Native Americans. Yep. That's yep. what we did. We rounded up their children, stuck them into it. To, um, they called them Indian schools then. Yeah. American schools. And stripped them of their culture, stripped them of yep. their language. And, you know, forced them to assimilate to our white culture. Yeah. And not be able to be returned to their families. Yes. Uh, slave children. What yep. was done all the time. Oh, yeah. So this, and- this is a historical oppression that we're doing in our country that we continue to do in the name of fucking bullshit. Right. Right. In the yes. name of fear, in the name yes. of if I can convince you that this person is coming to steal your job, then I can convince you of anything. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah, for sure. And as uh- a result, actually, I saw this other article about how. Because of this, they're seeing a return to uh, people of color, particularly black people, to working in the fields. So it's like reverting back to indentured servitude and slavery and field. And, you know, so, yeah, we are going in the wrong direction, people. And for sure. sure. And I'm not saying everybody can do every little thing, but. I think you sit there and you don't no. say nothing. Well, and my thing is, like, if you're not, if you're vote, just quiet, like, vote, oh, what are we vote, gonna do? And I don't care who you vote for, mm-hmm. just don't vote that fool. Well, speaking of vote, so yeah. you know, there's like twenty some candidates right now for the Democratic president, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the, I don't know if it happened already, but if it hadn't happened, the it's national convention is not There's some that, yeah. uh, debate coming up. Yeah. They're doing a debate, right? Yeah. Twenty people are in that yeah. debate. My. Okay, so the the pre- president, the, the mm-hmm. governor of Montana is all in a twist because he is running for president and um, got mad because he didn't get picked to be in the debate because they only chose 20 of the candidates, right? Mm-hmm. So he got his panties in a wad about it. And so they went to Montana and they interviewed people in Montana and they're like, did you, and some people didn't even know that their governor was running for president. Oh, and then many of them were like, 
oh no, I don't think you can win, right? So Samantha, uh, what's it, her name? Samantha. So they probably chose the top tw most popular. Yeah, yeah you know, you're, you're. And it didn't happen Joe, to you be your, gov. you know, Janucci, Janucci, yeah. what not Janucci, but Buttigieg, you know, Buttigieg. all the people that have enough money to get them their face on TV, yeah. right? Yeah, that's how it is. So, um, Samantha, what's the lady's name? Samantha McLean? No, the no, the Samantha the comedian. She has a show on TBS. Samantha um, B. Is Samantha B. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so she was talking about this, and she, what she was saying is like, so for all you people, like the Montana governor mm -hmm. and everybody else who thinks they want to be president but don't really have a fucking chance, yeah. right? Get out. Run for Senate. Yeah. Run for Senate. Yeah, we need to overturn the Senate. We need to get we need to get control of the Senate. We don't yeah. have control of the Senate. Yeah. That's why we can't. That's part of our barrier to impeachment yeah. is because you know if one if the House votes yes, it's got to go through the Senate too, yeah. and they're not going to. Yeah. you know, fucking. Oh, we already talked about gerrymandering. Yeah. So, but <laughs> what she's saying is, yeah. stop running for fucking president when you know you don't have a god fucking damn chance in hell, and get out there and run for senator. Yeah. Because if anybody would know your state, it would be you, yeah. right? Yeah. Montana governor, like yeah. you know what Montanans want. Yeah. Get out there and run for senator. Right. Ugh. All right. Well, that's the end of our leftover episode. <laughs> yes. And thank you for joining us. Um, find us on all the podcast platforms. And vote blue. And vote blue. <laughs> and rate, review, and subscribe. And that's it for now. Adios. Daisy. Daisy, what's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy? <laughs>